Imagine you are living in a small town with your family. You're in your early 20s and you're not quite sure what to do with your life. But then, something big happens. Your mom dies. It's tragic and you feel so lost and you can't describe everything that's going on through your mind. So you decide to start over and go somewhere different, somewhere that you've never been before. A big city. A big city where all your creative dreams can come true. A big city where you can finally follow your passion. A big city where you can escape your past. Los Angeles. The city of angels. You don't know anyone there except for the small cat you brought with you. And all you know is that you need to find a place to live. So you take the first place that accepts you. And lucky for you, this apartment has it all. Friendly neighbors, a beautiful one-bedroom layout, and the best part, it's super cheap. But what if this apartment wasn't at all what it seemed to be? What if there was something more sinister than you could have ever imagined? And it's just you, all alone, in that big city. Hello and welcome back. This is your host, Tyler Naismith. And today, Tori will not be joining us, unfortunately. Hope you guys still stay tuned for the episode because I really enjoyed this movie. The movie 1BR, directed by David Marmer, was a pleasant gem I watched last night on Netflix. I was so surprised because, you know, I've never really heard of it, I've never seen a trailer, and I was like, you know, I'm in the mood for something creepy. So I pop on, and the movie starts off with this girl, Sarah, who has just moved to LA. She's got a temp job at a law firm, she's trying to become this fashion designer, she's doing literally every artist's big passion dream of moving out to the big city and making it. The hard part is, she brought her cat with her and she's trying to find a place to live. So while she first arrives in LA, she's living out of a little like motel. And eventually she tracks down the ad to this beautiful apartment complex. So you know, she gets there and as she's walking around exploring the apartment, she was able to meet some of the neighbors. There is a super friendly guy named Brian, and he was around her age, he's pretty good looking, and you can obviously tell that our leading lady, Sarah, is attracted to the guy. And then she meets Jerry, the property manager. So Sarah's trying to get in good with him because she's tired of living out of motels, and she just wants a place to call her own. She wants a fresh start. So she submits her application and crosses her fingers. And eventually she gets a call. Jerry calls her to tell her that she is the new tenant in that beautiful one-bedroom apartment that she so desperately wanted. She immediately moves into this apartment. Like I said, it's gorgeous. She doesn't have a lot of furniture, so she's moving all she can in. But there was one issue. This apartment did not allow cats. And Sarah had her best friend Giles that she took from home with her when she moved to LA. As she's walking in, she's kind of smuggling Giles in, in like his little crate. Her neighbor, Brian, the really good looking guy that she met when she was checking out the apartment, kind of comes out and introduces himself again. And he goes, hey, you know, I'm glad you got the apartment. Sarah's trying to get out of there as quick as possible. Well, later that night, she gets invited to a barbecue hosted by the apartment complex. And that's where Sarah finally gets to officially meet all her neighbors, and everyone seems great. They're so friendly. She got to meet this old actress named Edie, who basically worked on like a bunch of low-budget horror movies, and Sarah took an immediate attachment to this elderly woman. She kept trying to have excuses to talk to... But in the background, she sees a tall, skinny guy. 
A guy that's wearing a pair of glasses with one side darkened out. And this is Lester. Now Lester runs up to Sarah and tries to hand her this book about prosperity, community, selflessness, this really big self-help, all four pillars guidebook. But Sarah rejects it. Lester's kind of taken aback, but he immediately walks away without saying anything. He felt rejected. So then Sarah decides to leave the little barbecue hosted by her apartment complex and goes back to her room. And as she's falling asleep, she starts hearing really loud plumbing noises. There's water moving constantly, and it keeps her up all night. So the whole next day, she feels entirely drained, but she still has stuff she has to move in. At one point, she buys a new mattress, and she's moving it in, and good O'Brien comes out at the same time and decides to try and help her move to the apartment. So he carries the mattress as far as he can to the door, and that's when Sarah stops him because Brian can't know that Giles the cat is inside the apartment. After that little morning incident, she heads to work where she hangs out with one of her new friends, Lisa. And Lisa's this tough, strong, independent woman who's basically like, you know, Sarah, this is your life. You need to live your life. Don't listen to your dad because Sarah's had a little bit of a falling out with your dad who's been trying to control her life after her mother died. And Sarah just is not happy with her father because he cheated on his wife with the nurse that was taking care of Sarah's mom as she was dying. So after work, Sarah and Lisa decide to get a drink and then head back to Sarah's place so they can check out the apartment. Sarah and Lisa have a good time and eventually Lisa leaves and as she leaves, someone slides a note under Sarah's door. So Sarah checks out the note and it's a violation notice basically saying no pets allowed and written in red paint at the bottom. It says, some people in this apartment have allergies, bitch. And when I saw that, I immediately snapped. I was like, whoa, that's so over the line. Like, if one of my neighbors sent that to me, I would be so furious. Oh my god, I couldn't imagine. So this girl obviously feels like she's found out. She goes to sleep, and she continues to hear, like, more of the plumbing, and just everything just sounds like a nightmare that's forcing her to camp to where she can't sleep. So the next night, she's drained, and she just wants to go to bed so badly after a long day at work. So she finally was able to fall asleep, but she wakes up in the middle of the night. She smells smoke, and she hears her fire alarm going off. So she opens her bedroom door, enters the living room, and approaches her oven. And that's when she notices something's inside the oven. And when she opens the oven, she finds her cat Giles burnt alive inside. And that was the moment I flipped out. I was like, oh my god, this thing is horrifying. This poor little cat, this poor girl, someone broke into her apartment and just straight up murdered her cat. I can't imagine that. And the worst part is you're by yourself in LA and your family's all the way across the country. Sarah immediately runs to the front door, but that's when someone comes up behind her and grabs her. They zip tie her to a chair and inject her with something to knock her out. And when she wakes up, she's in her bedroom. But the door is different. It's made of metal now. And there's like a little windowless frame in the center of the door. So the door opens, and that's when Brian the neighbor and Jerry enter the door. And they tell her to look at the wall. So she stares at the wall, and there are these two little red light bulbs. So Jerry tells her, every time you see these lights on, you need to put your hands against the wall and push your legs out into a stress position to where it's really hard to keep yourself up. If you don't do that, something bad will happen to you. So Sarah does it, and it's so agonizing watching her endure this pain. So this goes on for a few days, and eventually one of the days, Sarah gets drained, 
and she can no longer hold herself up and she falls on the floor. So Brian and Jerry come into the room and they tell her, the light's still on, put your hands on the wall. And she goes, you know, I, I can't, just please let me go. So eventually she's able to crawl her way up back to the wall. She gets back in the position and Brian decides to drive two nails into her hands and pins her to the wall. The most painful scene watching this poor girl's hands get nailed to the wall. Oh my god. So what you come to find out is that the entire community in this apartment complex is in this weird cult and they abide by these four pillars of how to live your life. And if you don't abide by these rules, bad things will happen to you. Lester, the guy that had the, uh, the blind sight on his glasses, basically tried to escape and attack Jerry and they took out his eye and made him blind in one side. So this whole community is looking for the right people to basically expand and grow all their beliefs. And the way they do that is by putting their new tenants who rent out this bedroom and basically brainwash them. Now Sarah has moments where she tries to escape and they eventually give her enough kind of like credit to kind of walk around the apartment, but she can't escape because all the exits of this place are controlled by a remote lock that Jerry has in his pocket at all times. So after a while, Sarah finally complies and she gets basically fully brainwashed and starts helping out the community. And that's when they decide to bring in a new tenant. And that new tenant was Sarah's old friend, Lisa. So after Sarah was kind of getting initiated to the cult, the cult basically started controlling her life. They found a way into her Facebook page and started messaging all her friends and family, basically like, I hate you, you're an awful person, don't contact me ever again. And they even called and used a pre-recording of Sarah's voice that they basically created to make herself get fired from her temp agency job. This movie is insane. And the entire time you're just like, oh my God, Sarah, please just kill one of them. You have so many opportunities to just get out of this apartment complex. And she kind of waits when Lisa gets kind of into the initiation phase. Unfortunately, Lisa ends up dying in the process as her and Sarah try to make an escape. And it's so intense because you have this entire community of nut jobs coming after her. Luckily, Sarah found a gun off of Jerry. And when she got it, she killed him and she killed Brian. And Lester, kind of the creepy guy that was uh, following around, kind of helps her escape because he knows that this isn't right. But he's trapped and doesn't know what to do. As Sarah makes her escape, she's finally outside. She's away from the community. And then she notices that the apartment complex next to hers is owned by the same company. And then a red light starts flashing and we hear sirens. And the entire street as she looks down has the same thing happen. Every apartment complex on this street is involved with the complex that she just escaped from. And it's all owned by the same guy, Charles D. Ellerby, who was the founder of this book that he was preaching. and created this whole weird culty community and it's gonna make me really reconsider the next apartment i move into note to self guys out there if everyone in the community is too nice trying to get to know you and everything just seems too perfect odds are it might be a little too perfect and you might be getting involved in a cult that is what i've learned from this movie really check with everyone and don't meet your neighbors because if you meet your neighbors they might try and induct you into a cult and you don't want to be in a cult Naturally, when I was home alone, I decided to watch this movie. Tori's not here this week because she's off on vacation, and I'm a few days late because, well, I was recovering from my vacation. I apologize for the little bit of the uh, 
delay on this episode being released, but my god. Instead of waiting for the following week to release another episode, I was like, you know what? Late episode this week, gotta happen. I highly recommend 1BR. It's a little slow at parts, but my god, the payoff is so good because it really gives you an interesting perspective on when you're looking into the next place you're gonna live at. And let me tell you, I'm gonna be doubling my research on the place that I'm at because the whole street's owned by that complex, oh man. I can only imagine if there's something sinister going on. I mean, who knows, they could be a good businessman, but no, I'm, I'm gonna assume Colt now. It's, you feel so bad for this girl, Sarah, because she just wants to start a new life. She just wants to follow her dreams. She was escaping, you know, her dad, her mom's death, and just everything bad with her life. And she got put into the worst scenario where she was forced to kill people, was hammered to a wall, and watched her friend Lisa die. I know I kind of jumped around a little bit, but I'm trying not to give away too much with this movie. Just, you guys gotta check it out. It's on Netflix. It's super crazy, and it was such a good time. On a different note, if you guys are enjoying this podcast episode, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and if you really enjoy our work and want to see us continue it more, please follow us on Patreon. It's really awesome. I should hopefully have um, a new short film coming out. Because especially watching 1BR, it really inspired me to do something super low budget again, and it's been a little bit, so I'm pretty excited for that. And be sure to share this episode with your friends and family on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You know, post it all over. We're very much a word-of-mouth podcast, and I really appreciate any support and you guys listening. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Check out 1BR. It is a little bit of a slow burn, but it has such a good payoff in the end. Overall, I think I would probably rate the film maybe like a 7 out of 10. I know I kind of always do like the little 7 out of 10s, but that's how I feel about things where it's like, oh no, this is really good, but there are things I could have improved on. For example, I think some of the acting could have been a little bit better with some of the supporting cast. Some of the people in the complex just seemed like they were really trying to like overkill their small roles, and I think they could have done better. There really wasn't much color correcting in my opinion. I think the color in the film could have shown a little bit more, everything just seemed very gray and dull, but you know, it's minor pickings here and there. Overall, the actress that played Sarah did a phenomenal job, and Brian and Jerry were super creepy. I really love low-budget horror movies. I can't wait to see more. I'm gonna be scouring Netflix for more, and hopefully I can do another episode on this. Stay tuned for next week. We'll be back on our regular schedule, and Tori will be back. I know you guys are probably missing her as much as I miss her. And again, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next time.